Somebody shout hallelujah. If you are happy to be on the prayer line tonight, shout hallelujah. If you know that tonight the Lord will touch you, shout hallelujah. I want us to begin to worship the name of the Lord. Let's begin to give him praise. Let's begin to give him honor. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Ancient of days, we worship you. We magnify your name. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for making it possible for us to gather together again tonight. Glory and honor be unto your name. Adoration be unto your name. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we magnify your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration. We thank you for this nation. We thank you for our family. We thank you for our spouse. We thank you for our children. Father, we say be glorified. Be exalted in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that you have done for us in the past. We thank you for that which you intend to do for us tonight. Glory and honor be unto your name. Adoration be unto your name. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we magnify your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Blessed be your name. Adoration be unto your name. In the name of Jesus. King of kings. Lord of lords. We worship you. We magnify your name. Because tonight you will do what no man can do. You will visit with us tonight. You will touch our life. Blessed be your name. Adoration be unto your name. We thank you because tonight you will do the impossible. You will raise the dead. You will heal the sick. You will lose those who are in bondage. Blessed be your name. Adoration be unto your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. I want us to go before God to go and ask for his mercy. We are going to cry unto him and say, Lord, tonight be merciful unto me. In the name of Jesus. Answer me by your mercy tonight. As I call upon your name, Lord, answer me by your mercy. Let me receive your mercy tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, if there's any sin that will hinder my prayer, Father, Lord, tonight forgive me. Tonight, let me receive mercy. In the name of Jesus, answer me by your mercy. Let's pray that prayer. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Ask God for his mercy tonight. Because only by his mercy is what we make our, our prayers to be answered. Only by his mercy. 
only by his mercy. I want us to cry unto him and, and say, Father, tonight, answer us by your mercy. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your mercy prevail for us tonight. In the name of Jesus, open the windows of heaven unto us by your mercy. In the name of Jesus, Lord, tonight, do the impossible in our life by your mercy. Let no sin end our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray. We are going to ask God to sanctify us with the blood of Jesus. We are going to cry unto him and say, Lord, tonight, let the blood of Jesus sanctify me. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse my spirit, soul, body. In the name of Jesus, Lord, tonight, purify my heart. Purify my heart. Punch my heart. Let every impurity be removed. In the name of Jesus, Lord, sanctify me by the blood of Jesus. Let my prayers be sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Lord, tonight, let my house be covered with your blood. In the name of Jesus, anything that is not of God in my life, let the blood of Jesus remove them. In the name of Jesus, let me be purged. Let me be cleansed. Let me be purified by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight, any power that's not of God, any spirit that's not of God, that may want to impart our prayer in a negative way, I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, let your fire be released upon them and let them be consumed to ashes. In the name of Jesus, we come against every forces of darkness. We bind and we cast you out. In the name of Jesus, Father, tonight, send down fire upon every works of darkness and let your fire destroy them in the name of Jesus. Any spirit that may want to end our prayer, tonight we bind and we cast you out. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, take over. Holy Spirit, take over. Take charge of our prayer meeting tonight. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Tonight, the Lord will focus his attention on you. In the name of Jesus. If there's any problem, any battle that came with you into tonight's prayer meeting, I pray that the fire of Holy Ghost we consume those battles in the name of Jesus. For anyone under bondage, you are free in the name of Jesus. Tonight, you will see the face of God. I said tonight, you will see the face of God. You will be favored in the name of Jesus. Your story is changing tonight in the name of Jesus. Whatever makes you to cry before you call into this prayer meeting, the Lord will turn it around in the name of Jesus. You will weep no more. You will cry no more. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will vindicate you. I don't know, maybe you have been judged. Maybe you have been condemned by the wicked. Tonight, the Lord will vindicate you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because of answer our prayer. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we have Prayed. Let somebody shout hallelujah. By the grace of God, we want to round, uh, we are going to be rounding up 
the series we started. No, 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 no. I, I will not say random. Maybe we have one more. <laughs> we have one more to go next week. Don't let me say random. Uh, we have one more to go next week, but we are almost getting to the end of our series before we start a new one. And I want us to open our Bible to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Somebody say when you are reading from the book of Luke, make sure you look very well, which means you have to pay attention to whatever you read from the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. We are going to be reading from verse 33 to 35. Luke chapter 5 from verse 33 to 35. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? This was a question that was posed to the disciples of Jesus and even to Jesus himself. That why is it that your disciples, they, you know, some people gang up. Some people gang up and they told Jesus. Say, why is it that your disciples and the disciples of John, they fast often. But your own disciples... Each and every time we see them, they are always drinking and eating. You have never seen them fasting. Why is that so? And in verse 34, and he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Then they will fast in those days. So what Jesus Christ was telling them was that, well, for now, they have the bridegroom with them. And who is the bridegroom? Jesus Christ himself is the bridegroom. And the disciples, they are the friends of the bridegroom. And Jesus, Jesus Christ said, a day will come when they will fast. But as long as the bridegroom is with them, they do not need to fast. Because everything they need is already been provided for by the bridegroom. And that's why they don't need to fast. Can you imagine, let me give us this you know, illustration. Can you imagine God coming to your house and then you now told God, I said, God, I need a car. I know you can do all things. I need a car. But now that you are here in my house, just give me a day to fast unto you. And then after I finish fasting, then you can provide a car. Is that, does that make sense? If God is already in your own house, you can see him face to face. <laughs> and he say, I'm God. Tell me whatever you need. Will you still need to fast if God is already with you? And that's why tonight I'm, I'm going to be teaching us very briefly, as God will help me, on what I've titled, This Should Be My Priority. This. This Should Be My Priority. I, I, I'm going to bring out 
at least three points which we are going to focus on tonight from this short passage. Just three points. That will be the focus of our teaching tonight before we, we, we go and pray. <laughs> you know, it was a question that was brought to Jesus by those who have observed him with his disciples. And one thing they noticed was that the disciples of Jesus were always eating. There have never been any time of fasting for them. And as a matter of fact, Jesus Christ was almost in every feast, almost in every occasion as at that time. Because there, there, are, there are Pharisees, there are scribes, there are elders that follow Jesus anywhere he's preaching. Because anywhere Jesus Christ gathered together, people always come in multitudes. So they observe him. Maybe after each of the meetings, Jesus will hang out with one of the one of the people that host him, and they will eat. They will provide food for him. You know, in the book of Luke chapter ten, you know, there was a time Jesus visited the house of Mary and Martha, and the Bible makes us to understand that Mary and Martha they were in the house. Martha was cooking while Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus to hear the word of God. So there have been times when Jesus eats in the public. So, so, so they, they, and they, they also observe that even the disciple of Jesus, they eat as well. They eat. Now, there are three things I want us to check tonight from this passage. The first thing I want to mention is what I call fellowship. Fellowship. Now, why do I, why, 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 what, what bring about that point about fellowship? I want us to go back to that Luke chapter 5. And I'm, I'm going to read from verse 33 again. The Bible said, Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John often fast and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom to fast while the bridegroom is with them? Can you make them to fast while the bridegroom, while the bridegroom is with them? While the bridegroom is with them. While the bridegroom is with them. And that is the fellowship I'm talking about. The fellowship I'm talking about. In the book of Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, if we read from verse 14 to 15, the Bible said, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him. Look at that. Look at Mark chapter 3 from verse 14. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. When Jesus called the 12 disciples, first and foremost, the reason why he called them was so that they can be with him. And that is talking about fellowship. So that they can be with him. That was the intention. Jesus needed companions. So the Bible says he called the twelve, he appointed the twelve that they might be with him, and then that they might, and that he might send them out to preach. So the primary focus was not for them to go out to preach. The farmer, the primary focus of Jesus for calling the disciple was so that they can be with him in companionship or in fellowship. That's the primary reason why he called the twelve. Now, the, 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 when it comes to fellowship, this is the major focus of God as far as we are concerned as Christians. 
This is the major focus of God. Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve were still in the Garden of Eden, the Bible makes us to understand that God always visited them during the cool of the day to have fellowship with them. Genesis chapter 3, I want to read from verse 8. And they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So this was the major reason. This was the, the major reason why God created Adam and Eve. Why he put them in the garden so that he can have fellowship with them. Fellowship with them. And because they committed sin, they lost that fellowship. And that is what Jesus came to restore unto us. He came to restore the fellowship that Adam and Eve lost due to sin they committed. Now, when it comes to fellowship, when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about relationship with God. When we, are, when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about commitment to God. When we talk about fellowship, we are talking about partnership with God. We are talking about, you know, we are talking about our 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 relationship with God, which must be constant and which must be continuous. Now, I'm going to give us seven points about relationship. I'm just going to mention it and then I'll move to the next point. When it comes to relationship, for any relationship to be substantial, one, there must be agreement. There must be agreement. And that's why I want to say this to us, that God is open to be in a fellowship with us. But what will make that fellowship to be sustainable is agreement. And that's why the book of Amos chapter 3 verse 3, the Bible says, Can two walk together except they agree? You know, if there is no agreement between us and God, there is no way there can be fellowship. And that's why some people, they say, you know what, each and every time I take my Bible to read, I don't get any message. I don't feel God around me. Now, if you are to check yourself, are you in agreement with God? Is your lifestyle in agreement with God? Because before there can be fellowship, there must be what? There must be agreement. Then two, before there can be fellowship, there must be affection. I'm going to use letter A so that we can understand this very well. Before there can be sustainable fellowship, whether between us and God or between us and, 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 and the Holy Spirit or between us and our fellow believers, there must be affection. There must be affection. Even if you look at couples, couples, before there can be intercourse, before there can be fellowship, because that's a deeper level of fellowship, there must be affection. There must be affection. If you watch it, I, I believe we are all mature. For those of us who are married, you know, anytime you want to meet with your spouse, if there is disagreement, if there is no affection between the two of you, there is no way when you when you come together, there is no way you will enjoy your love making. It's not possible. You won't enjoy it. Somebody will be complaining. Somebody will have to suffer for it. So before there can be fellowship, one, there must be agreement. Two, there must be affection. Affection is like a grease on our fellowship. It's what makes fellowship to be communal, to, 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 to be easier. Let me put it that way. 
affection is, is, is the grease on our relationship or on our fellowship. Then before there can be fellowship, there must be association. What does that mean? It means there must be connection. Association is talking about connection. Do you, do you see God as your father? Because it is who you see God to be that will determine how you are going to relate to him. Do you see God as a father, as a loving father, as a caring father? Or do you see God as a policeman? Trying to, you know, waiting for the day you will make mistake and then we we'll give you a ticket. Waiting for the day he will judge you for the wrong you have done. <laughs> if you are still thinking of God like that, there can't be fellowship. You cannot enjoy your fellowship because there must be association. You must have a way in which you connect to God. Do you see him as a father, as a loving father? Do you see him as your master? Do you, when, when you see him as, a, as your master, that means you are a servant to him. When you see him as your father, that means you are a son to him. So how we see God will determine how we are going to enjoy our fellowship with him. Then before there can be sustainable fellowship, there must be admonition. What is admonition? Admonition is talking about encouragement, motivation. There must be admonition. Even between us and our fellow human beings, before there can be sustainable fellowship, there must be admonition. And then before there can be sustainable fellowship, there must be action. There must be action. The two parties must be ready to come together before there can be sustainable fellowship. There must be action. Many of us today, we want God to just visit us in our dream and be showing us vision of heaven. But we, we, but we have not even for any time sit down to read through the Bible. But we want to sleep in our dream and be going to heaven. It is not possible. There must be action. What action have you taken? Have you taken time to seek God? Have you taken time to read the word of God? Have you taken time to wait on God in fasting? There must be action before there can be sustainable fellowship. Then before there can be fellowship, there must be what I call, or let me put it this way, you know, what, what will result in a sustainable fellowship is what is called advancement. The result of a sustainable fellowship is what? Advancement. When, when you are in fellowship with God on a daily basis, you will discover that your life will advance in every area. Your career will advance. Your marriage or marital life will advance. And do you know this? One thing I've, I, I noticed is that when, 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 when you as a husband or you as a wife, when you love God more, you will discover that it will be easier for you to even love your spouse more. When you love God more, when you are committed to God, you will love your spouse easily. You will even overlook them some of their mistakes. You will not pay attention to all the bad things they are doing again. When you love, and that is the advancement that comes as a result of fellowship. Don't tell me that you are fasting. Don't tell me that you love God, but you hate your spouse. Or you, don't, you can't even relate well with your spouse. Because one of the things that shows that you are in fellowship with God is advancement in your relationship. There must be advancement. In your career, there must be advancement. In every area of your life, you will begin to see the fingerprint of God in every area of your life. So that's the first thing. 
And that's why Jesus told the, the people that asked him about the disciple not fasting, not you know, always eating. He said, as long as the bridegroom is with them, which is talking about fellowship, they don't need to fast. And I want to tell you this. When you are in fellowship with God, it, you will not need to fast. Because one thing, about the, one thing about fellowship with God is that when you are in communion with God, it suspends the natural law in your life. It will, it will, that's why somebody like Moses, you know, could spend like 40 days and 40 nights before God without eating and drinking. Because when you are spending time with God, it, it, it's like you are already in another realm, which is above the physical realm. And at, that, at that realm, you don't consider any things of this world as relevant again. And that is one thing fellowship will do for you. You can be in fellowship with God. Maybe you wake up in the morning like around 5 o'clock and you can be praying and studying the word of God for the next three hours. And by the time you check your time, it will be as if you have just spent maybe 30 minutes. That is what is called fellowship because the natural law will be suspended. It will be, I want us to begin to, you know, we, we should aspire to get to that level before we enter into the new year because that's the level at which we want to begin to operate. When we get to the new year, we don't want to be dragging ourselves in the things of God again. We want to we want to switch so fast that we can always be in fellowship with God. That is what God has called us to. Then the number the second point I want to mention from that passage is what I call friendship. Friendship. Look at look at what Jesus Christ said in that uh, book of Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. He said, as long as the the bridegroom, as long as the friend of the bridegroom are with the bridegroom, they don't need to fast. They don't need to fast. As long as the friends of the bridegroom are with the bridegroom, they don't need to fast. Look at that. Look, look at that again in, in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 34. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom to fast while the bridegroom is with them? Can you make the friends? So, which means if you are a friend of the bridegroom, you don't need to fast. I, are, I want you to pay attention and, you know, you have to listen carefully so that you don't misunderstand me. You don't need to fast. What Jessica was telling them was that they have the fullness of everything they need as long as Jesus was with them. Now, the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees, they are not with Jesus. They were with John and they were with the Pharisees. They don't have access to Jesus. Jesus is God the man. Jesus was the fullness of everything that they need. So when Jesus was, was with them, they don't need to fast. Why should, they, why should they have to fast again when the one that can provide for them everything they need is with them? So what does that, impl- what do, what does that mean to us? It means... If we want to enjoy the fullness of God, we have to be in friendship with God. Friendship with God. I mentioned fellowship. The second thing is friendship. Friendship. Friendship with God. Friendship with God. I want us to begin to aspire for that as well. That I want to become a friend of God. And when we talk about friendship, we are talking about spending more time with God. You know, for some of us, if you want to know who is your best friend, check, just check your phone. Who do you call all the time? Who do you talk to all the time? For some of us, we have 
we have some of our best friends that we talk to on almost daily basis. We, we, our year time, if it's being recorded, we, we, they, they are the ones that consume more of our time. And this is the level God is calling us to. <laughs> because the people who are disciples of John, they are not the disciples of Jesus. So that's why they are fasting. But those who have, who are, those who are the friend of Jesus, they are the ones that have access to Jesus all the time. And that's what Jessica was explaining to those people that asked him the question. That, okay, even you have been fasting. You are, you are disciple of John. You are disciple of Pharisee. Now, if you want to enjoy the same benefit that my disciples are enjoying, which means they are not fasting, just become my disciple and all this problem will be solved. <laughs> Instead of complaining that God is not fair, how can some people be fasting? And, you know, and some people will, be, some people will not be fasting and they will be getting results. Then you need to check what they are doing. And who they have access to. In fact, as a matter of fact, those disciples of John and disciples of Pharisees that were fasting, there was no any recorded miracles that they performed. Even John himself. John, the, John himself, if, God, if you read the book of John chapter 10, John chapter 10 verse 41, look at what the Bible recorded about John. The Bible says, And many resorted unto him, that is unto Jesus, and said, John did no miracle. Even with all the fasting, with all the prayers that John you know, was engaged with and that he was teaching his disciples, the Bible says John did no miracle. But all things that John spake of this man were true. Everything John spake about Jesus was true. But the Bible said John did not do no miracle. And the disciples of John, likewise, they did not do no miracle, even with all the fastings. But the disciples of Jesus, they were not fasting. Look at the miracle that was recorded. If you, if you go to Luke, or Luke chapter 10, I don't have the time, but Luke chapter 10, the Bible says, And the seventy returned with joy. They returned with joy. And they told Jesus that even demons are subjected unto us. And, you know, Jesus Christ now begin to tell them some other things. And Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Jesus Christ now said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread over snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemies, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So they were casting out demons. They were doing miracles all over the place. They were raising the dead. They were cleansing the lepers. And this was why the disciples of John and the disciples of, Pharise of the Pharisee were annoyed with them. Now, how can they be doing miracles? And we have never seen them fasting. It is because they have they are friends of Jesus. And when you are friend of Jesus, you, you share your time with him. You share resources with him. You, you have benefit of being closer to him. You enjoy that benefit. We, you, you are going to begin to enjoy that benefit. Because you have access to your, to your friend. Now, in the Bible, there are so many people that the Bible refers to as the friend of God. One of them was Enoch. Enoch was a friend of God. How do I know? There was a time in Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5, the Bible makes us to understand that this man called Enoch, the Bible says he walked with God. Genesis chapter 5, if you read verse 22, the Bible says, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Now, I want to, I want to mention something there. Even though Enoch was married, 
that did not still affect his work with God. He worked with God as a married man. Because some people will say, you know what? You can only serve God better when you are single. Oh, because by the time you get married, all the affairs of life, all the, all the business of life will not allow you to have time to serve God again. That is not true. Enoch was married and he still worked with God. And if you go to verse 24, the Bible says, And Enoch worked with God. That is Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. And Enoch worked with God and he was not, for God took him. There was a time... time God came just like he, he, he always come to Garden of Eden. He came to visit Enoch and they were both talking and talking. And before they know it, Enoch had already walked into heaven with God. And God said, you know what? You don't need to go back again. I will just keep you around so that we can continue our friendship. Isn't that sweet? And that's why some people, you know, some people that we have had their testimony that they see visions of heaven they see uh, Elijah in heaven. They see prophet or the old prophet. The reason why is because they are friends of God. They are they spend time with God. That's why sometimes God just begin to reveal secret to them because secrets are only shared with friends. Many of us that we are praying to God that God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Don't pay attention on hearing the voice of God. Pay attention on becoming the friend of God. Because when you are the friend of God, you have access to the secret of God. Some of us on the prayer line, there's none of us that will just call somebody on the street and begin to tell them our secret. We only share our secret with those who are closer friends to us. And that's why we call them both some friends. They have access automatically because as we are just calling them and talking, we are just, you know, we are, we are already telling them deeper stuff. And that is the same with God. If, we, if I want to have access to voice of God, if I want to have access to God, I just need to become his friend. And I will have access to his secret. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. And that was what Enoch did. And the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 testified to that. The Bible says, by faith. Look at that. By faith. Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Ah! Enoch was a man that pleased God. And if you go to verse 6 of that Hebrew chapter 11, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Which means Enoch was a man of faith. It is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Can you see that? Diligently seek him. So what I need to do to have access to the fullness of God is just to become a friend of God. And at that point, when I'm a friend of God, I don't need to fast. This is a, this is a second priority. Don't forget the title of the message is, this should be my priorities. The first priority we mentioned was fellowship. The second one is friendship. Friendship. Friendship with God should be our priority. And in, in John chapter 15 verse 14, Jesus spoke to the disciples. He said, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. That is the secret to becoming a friend of Jesus. If you do whatsoever I command you, you are my friend. And in verse 15, look at what Jesus Christ said before we go to the next point. He said, Henceforth, I call you not servant. That is John 15, verse 15. For the servant knoweth not what 
is not do it. But I have called you friend. For all the things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. So only friend have access to secret. If I want to have access to secret of God or secret about my own life, I just need to become a friend of God. And how do I become a friend of God? By doing whatsoever God has commanded me to do. The book of James chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible says, Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of God, or let me, let me put it this way, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is enemy of God enemy of God. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Now, let me, go, let me go to the third point because of our time. And this some of these points during the week, I'm, I might come back to them and we are going to do a teaching on them, each, each of these points during the week. Then, this, the, the third thing that should be our priority is what I call fasting. We are dealing with 3F. We have I've mentioned fellowship. This should be this. Capital B, the pluralize this. This should be, this should be my priority. Mention one, mention fellowship, mention friendship, and then the last point I'm going to mention, and before we go and pray, is fasting. It's fasting. This should also be our priority. Now, let's go back to that Luke chapter 5, because some people may say, well, are you saying that we should not fast again, bro Peter? Are we, can we start eating turkey and and eating ice cream every day and getting fat and gaining some weight? Oh, I mean, for some of us, because of the lockdown, we have already gained weight. So, don't have to wait. <laughs> In fact, if there is time to fast, it is this time to lose, you know, some of the weight we have gained due to lockdown. Now, let's go back to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 33 again. The Bible says, And they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, But dine, eat, and drink. And he said to them, Can you make the children or the friend of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Now, I want, us to, I want us to go to verse 35, where, where I'm going. Verse 35, that is the next point. That will lead us to the next point, verse 35. Now, look at what the Bible says. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Can you see that? Can you see that Jessica did not condemn fasting? He said, a day is coming <laughs> when they will fast. And that is when the bridegroom has been taken away from them. So, Jessica was telling them, by the time I'm taken away from them, then they will fast. What, what will make them to fast? Because they will begin to fill the vacuum. The vacuum of the absence of Jesus in their life. When they fill that vacuum, that is what will make them to fast. So, And that leads us to the reason why we fast. Why do we fast? For example, if you, if you are not feeling God as you used to feel God before, then you should know that that's the time you need to fast. Maybe you are, you are feeling more, more carnal. Maybe you are feeling, you don't really, when you read your Bible, it's just so dry. There, there is no communication, there is no link between you and God or between you and, and heaven. Then you know that you should fast. When you begin to feel the absence of Jesus or the absence of God in your life, that is a pointer to the fact that you need to what? To fast. 
And if you if you understand what we are talking about tonight, I'm telling you, it will make your spiritual life to be easy. Nobody will have to tell you and and call you and say, "Oh, a prophet just you know just pray for me." And a prophet say, "I should tell you that you should fast for seventeen days so that your battle will be overcome." No, <laughs> that. I mean, you can fast for that reason, but when it comes to fasting, you know, as a friend of God, you are fasting because you are feeling the absence of your friend. You are feeling the absence of God. That should be the motivation for fasting. And during that time, when you are when you are fasting and praying and seeking the face of God, then God cannot begin to work on other issues in your life. That could be like a challenge, that could be like a problem, that could be like the trouble you are going through. Automatically, God will begin to fix those problems. But your major reason for fasting is so that you can enter back into fellowship. So that you can sharpen your friendship again with God. That's the, that's the main reason for fasting. The book of Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17, the Bible says, Iron sharpened iron, so a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. When you spend time with God during the time of fasting, what you are doing is that you are sharpening your, your, your countenance. You are rubbing your mind with God. You are, you are renewing your fellowship and your friendship with God again. So that you can begin to see the power of God at work in your life again. And that should be our motive for fasting. Not because somebody tells us, oh, yeah, we saw that you are going to die in 2021. Go and do 21 days fasting and prayer to, 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 to cancel that debt. That is good. But if you are already, if you are the type of person that is already engaged in what we are discussing about tonight, before those kinds of vision will come to you, you, have, you will have already overcome those kind of battles ahead of time. Because you are ready, you are always, because there is something that always moves you to want to connect back to God, to want to have fellowship with God, to want to sharpen your friendship with God. That thing that is moving you is what will avert whatever evil the enemy may be planning against you. Because when you are fasting, you are connecting with God. If you understand what I'm saying, say hallelujah. Let somebody shout Hallelujah. The book of Psalm 42, I, I, I will just give us maybe two more scriptures because I want us to go and pray. I don't want to talk too much because during the week, I'm still going to come back and we are going to look at this each of these points one by one during the week. It's just going to be one of our prayers during the week. Now, the book of Psalm 42 from verse 1 to 2, the Bible says, As the deer pant after the water brook, so pant my soul for you, O God. That was David. He said, as the deer pants after the water brook. Now, the deer, when the deer, you know, the deer as an animal, whenever that deer is hungry or thirsty for, for water, you know, it, the way it pants after the water brook, it, 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 when you see it, you will be fascinated. Because it will be drinking, it will be lapping on the water as if the whole stream of water will be emptied immediately. And, and David said, that is how my soul desire for God. And verse 2 says, so, I mean, verse 2 says, my soul thirst for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? Say, when shall I come and appear before my God? That is somebody who is hungry for God. And let me tell you this, when you are hungry for God, automatically you will discover that you are no more hungry with physical food. Your hunger for physical food or for things of this world will just degenerate. 
That's why sometimes some people fast, they, they, they just like, you know what, let me just do one day fasting. And before they know it, they are, they are already on the seventh day and they are not even hungry because they are hungry, they are hungry for God. And that suspends their, their physical hunger for food. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I say God will help us in the name of Jesus. No wonder Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. Paul says, but what things were gained to me, this I have counted loss for Christ. What things? Because Paul says, I'm so much hungry for God that I'm not even thinking about cars. I'm not thinking about money. I'm not thinking about anything of this world again. In fact, I've accumulated a lot of those things and now they are like rubbish to me. They are like dunk ill to me. What I want is God's power. What I want is the presence of God in my life. That is more valuable to me than anything of this world. When we begin to get to that point, I want us to know that it, you, can, you can go on a fasting for 40 days and you will not know. Because when you are hungry for God, it suspends your physical hunger for food. I want us, I, I'm just saying this, I, I don't know if I have you know, somebody that will be a witness with me tonight, that if we can't get into what I'm talking about tonight, we are going to begin to see God in a higher dimension in our life higher dimension. You begin to see God operating in your life at higher dimension. Some of the, some of the fire brigade prayer we are praying, we will not be praying them if we can't focus on these three points we have mentioned tonight. If we can focus on it. Oh my goodness. No, I mean, because most of the things you, you will have, God, I mean, you, God will have told you about it even before it happened. And you will have just prayed about it within two, three minutes when you are in fellowship with God. That would have taken care of that. I want us to go and pray. We'll continue during the week. I want us to go. I, I just want to whet our appetite so that we can begin to get hungry for God again. So that we can begin to, to have this desire for spiritual things again. You know, like Our spiritual appetite needs to start going up again. Because this is the time of the year when our physical appetite is, you know, is getting higher. There is a lot of food right now. This is... Christmas season, food and food. We just, you know, we just did Thanksgiving not too long. Food and food and food and food and food. And if you are not careful, if we eat too much, we may not be able to see anything before we enter into 2021. This is the time we should begin to tell food and say, today, you food, look at me and I look at you. I'm not going to touch you until 6 p.m. this evening because I want to spend time with God. I want to talk to my Heavenly Father, I want to be in fellowship with God. I want to study the Word of God. I want to know the mind of God for me for 2021. I want God to specifically tell me some things I need to do concerning my career. Some things I need to do concerning the challenges in my family. And by the time you begin to focus on things like that, before you know it, God will speak to you. It will be so clear and audible. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. I want us to cry unto God tonight and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, increase my hunger for you. <laughs> increase my what? Increase my hunger for you. Increase my hunger. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. Open your mouth. 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 What you need is hunger for God at this time. When you are hungry for God, God will take care of other issues in your life. What you need is hunger for God. 
What you need is hunger for God. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, tonight, let my hunger for you increases. In the name of Jesus, Yalakapa, Makuda Ba, Ailia Bakuda Ba, Sedeka Polia Gabaga, Sedeka Polia, Hunger for God, Hunger for God, Hunger for God, Hunger for God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, make us to be hungry again for you. Le Pruko Sataligaba, make us, O God, to be hungry for you again. In the name of Jesus, make us, O God, to be hungry for you again. In the name of Jesus, so that we can begin to enjoy your fullness. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every worldly appetite, let all my worldly appetite be killed tonight. Kill my, own, my appetite for the things of the world. Let my worldly appetite, appetite for the things of God. For, for, do you know some people now, they are, they are so much worried about Christmas. They are worried about how they will buy this, how they will buy gifts, how they will send cards. And that has already filled their mind up. They are not even thinking anything about God. Worry of the things of this world. And that was what affected Martha in Luke chapter 10. And Jesus told Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and cumbersome about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good thing, that one thing, which cannot be taken away from her. If you read from Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 downward, I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, kill my appetite for the things of this world. Let my appetite for the things of this world be dead in the name of Jesus. Let's pray that prayer. Let's pray that prayer. Let's pray that prayer. Let's pray that prayer. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, my appetite for the things of this world. Father, tonight, let it be dead. Let it be dead. Let it be dead. Let it be dead. Yeketeriba, Makuda Basidia. I don't want to be worried about things of this world anymore. I don't want to be worried about things of this world anymore. In the name of Jesus, my appetite for the things of this world. Lord, tonight, let it be dead. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every sin in my life that is breaking my fellowship with you. <laughs> sin. Do you know, many of us, the reason why we cannot be in fellowship is because we are still holding on to sin. And that's why each and every time we carry our Bible like this, to want to read it, that is when we feel condemned. Because the sin in our life is going to be crying louder than the voice of God. And because the voice of condemnation has overpowered the voice of God, we cannot hear anything from the word of God. We cannot see anything from the word of God. So we are going to cry unto God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every sin in my life that is breaking my fellowship with you, Lord, deliver me from that sin by the power of the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let's pray, let's pray. Lord, let me be delivered. Deliver me from that sin. Deliver me from that sin. The sin that is, made, that is breaking my fellowship with you. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. Deliver me. Deliver me. Deliver me. Deliver me from the power of that sin. In the name of Jesus. Deliver me, O God, from the power of that sin. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, help me to please you as from today. When we begin to please God, it will make us to be registered among his friends. 
The Bible says Enoch was translated because he pleased God. He pleased God. That was his focus. I want to please God. Every day Enoch woke up, his determined purpose was to please God. And that was why God cannot but come down to him and take him to heaven. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, from today, help me to please, give me the grace to please you on daily basis. In the name of Jesus, let's open our mouth. Let's open our mouth. Let's begin to pray and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace. The grace to please you. 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 Lord, give it to me. In the name of Jesus, I want to please you all the time. I want to please you every day. Lord, give me the grace. Lord, give me the grace to please you. So that I can be registered among your friends. Lord, give me the grace to please you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And we have, we have two more prayer points. Two more prayer points before we round up for tonight. I want us to cry unto God. I want us to pray for the grace for fasting. Fasting. And let me tell us this. The, the way to be empowered in the school of the Spirit is the way of fasting. The way to be empowered in the school of the Spirit is the way. Because when you are hungry for God, it will automatically suspend your hunger for food. And that is what puts you into fasting mode. That is what puts you into fasting. When you are hungry for God, God will, God will rob you with power. Where, 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 where are the witches coming from? Where are demonic power coming from? When you are hungry for God, they dare not touch you. They dare not come near your house. Because they will be dead. I want us to cry unto God. We are going to pray and say, Father, give me the grace to fast more. <laughs> give me the what? The grace to fast. Give, increase my hunger. And when your hunger for God goes up, you're, you're, automatically you will discover that you'll be more interested in fasting. Without any prophet, without any man of God giving you a compulsory fast to do. You will just be, you, you, your mind will be set to, to, to want to seek the face of God. And that suspend your hunger for physical food. I want us to pray and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace to fast more. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Pray that prayer, pray that prayer. Lord, the grace to fast more. The grace to fast more. Give it to us. In the name of Jesus, increase our hunger for you. Rabakata likaba, eketerusata ligaba. Increase our hunger for you. We receive the grace to fast more. We receive the grace to wait more on you. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And finally, I want us to ask for the power of Holy Ghost as we round up. We are going to cry unto God and say, Father, tonight let me be empowered afresh. Let your Holy Ghost fill me afresh in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. I want us to cry unto God and say, Father, tonight let me be empowered. Let your Holy Ghost fill me afresh in the name of Jesus. I receive power. Power to walk in righteousness. Power to walk in holiness. Power to do your will. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Bring your body. Roll, let's go. Tell your neighbor, give me space, give me space, give me space.
worship rose unto the Father. Noises, thunders, earthquakes were the response to my worship. The fragrance of my worship rose up to the Father. Noises, thunders, lightnings were the response to my worship. Everybody! 